we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Quiri cast with Larry Quiri Rye. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Hi, hi, hello, and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Criticast. The name is Larry, and it's such an absolute pleasure being here with you. I wasn't here last week because I had some stuff to do. We've got a lot of things that are being planned. Haifa's around the corner. The ZITF is here hosting some artists from America and then also doing some projects in which you're getting stuff ready. So I just didn't have time to be able to deliver a really dope episode because I really want to give dope episodes. Like, you know what I mean? Just give some really, really nice episodes. But uh, the second part, I'm going to talk about Vimbai and that video. Everybody's talking about that. And there was discussions all over social media. One of them with this girl. I'm going to tell you about it a little bit later. But yeah, anyway, I'll talk to you about that a little bit later. And then in the final segment, five ways that you could be cheating and you don't realize it's cheating. Or let's just call it five ways of cheating. Yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah, absolutely. So first thing I'll talk about is uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, just uh, before, around the time that I had the episode, then, yeah, exactly, uh, there was a drama that came out of Unplugged, right? And the drama was there was somebody's phone got stolen and they got upset and they decided that it was somebody else who resulted, or they happened to come from Udirira or whatever that case may be, accused them of uh, coming to spoil Unplugged and so forth. Now, to be clear, the girls from Unplugged are very inclusive. Um, Alina and Chiads are very inclusive. They're very hardworking girls. Uh, they created an interesting environment where different people across, from across the d- uh, cultural divide and so forth can, can hang out. Uh, but some people started feeling that, well, you know, only certain people with the right accent, with the right school uh, address, uh, the home address and stuff like that should be coming through to Unplugged, which is kind of ridiculous. Because if you really look at it, and you can free to go to check out a piece on 3mob.com that wrote about class fissures and class structures that are being exposed. Reality of the matter is we need to start having serious conversation about classism in Zimbabwe. And that's where it came from. It's just this idea that just because I came from a specific place, then I'm much better than everybody else. So yeah, I don't know, the fallout seems to have uh, gone away. Um, the Unplugged Girls are hosting the launch of the, what's his name? Uh, Chigiri guys, got a new song called Chigiri. XQ, yeah, they're hosting his album. So a version of Unplugged is happening this month. Uh, what else can I tell you about Zimbabwe Airways? Uh, did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, Air Zimbabwe, then there's Zimbabwe Airways, then the Zimbabwe Aviation Leasing Company. I don't know if the, the, the government is trying to find a clever way of divesting itself from some of its, its interests, but it's going to be very interesting in terms of litigation and things of that nature, because ultimately the debt is still going to be uh, from the government. Maybe they're warehousing the, the Air Zimbabwe debt and just dealing with, you know, getting rid of that. But of course, there's investigations that came a couple of months ago that say it's got something to do with the former first family. 
and seeing the, the former first family's uh, son-in-law and uh, and the daughter, um, his wife, right? The Bona, you know, Simba, Simba and Bonajukore, you know, were there at the airport when this these two, the first of these uh, four airplanes, were delivered. So we'll see how that falls out, and you know. And uh, speaking of which, uh, I had uh, George Charamba, who is the president's a spokesperson on radio, and I got him to admit a couple of things that the fact that uh, Zana PF at some point used to bust for um, people, maybe he's trying to separate himself from the era of, uh, what's this, Mrs. Mugabe, yeah, uh, Grace Mugabe, and he says, oh, you have a roving crowd and that sort of thing. So I don't know, I don't know, yeah, but I, you know, I made him admit but I mean, the big news that came, also came out of that is that there'll be no presidential debate. So if you're looking at having a presidential debate this year, apparently the president is not interested. What else? Uh, Facebook and Obama. Facebook this weekend, uh, or right this week, you had Mark Zuckerberg before that country's, um, you know, government to answer questions over Cambridge Analytica, the data loss, the data breaches, quote unquote, and stuff like that. To be honest, I think it's silly. Because, let's face it, uh, I, I was reading out uh, to, and having a chat with Carl Joshua the other day, talking about the um, the issue to do with, uh, you know, the reality, I was talking about how Obama, for example, used pretty much the same tactics as, um, as this guy, uh, Donald Trump. And having used the same tactics, the re reality of the matter is that the difference this time it's got nothing to do with whether it was data breaches and so forth. I don't think governments really care about data breaches as long as they're winning. The reality of the matter is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Donald Trump was the one who won. And a lot of the media and the noisemakers and so forth didn't want a Donald Trump win because he's, he's just an outsider. So essentially, they've been, you know, acting like, him using Cambridge Analytica, him creating data pools and collecting what they called back then big data in now called metadata and now called gets keeps getting different names, but essentially different words for how to intrude in your privacy. When Obama was doing it, I'm proudly saying that that's how you won an election. It was fine. It was entrepreneurship. It was changing the game. It was really make doing things differently. But in fact, in reality, is that it's the same tools. It's just, it's just this time the other guy won. And you, the guy you didn't want to win won it. So this is a bit weird. And then uh, finally, or second from last, Dana Guerrero has got a play called uh, The Familiar, a new play. And it's going to be out in New Orleans. Hope that it makes its way to Zimbabwe. Uh, she had a play that made history uh, earlier this year called Eclipse that also that starred Lupita Nyong'o and uh, was the first play to have a cast of a fully ca full cast of black women directed by a black woman written by a black woman so they're now good at making some dope history there but if you're in New Orleans it happened to be New Orleans between the 27th of April and the 27th of May this play is running at the Seattle Rep so you want to go check it out there and finally, the cricket schedule is back. Zimbabwe will host Australia and Pakistan in June and July for cricket matches. So, yeah, it's, it's back to cricket matches. It's going to be around um, the time that we have uh, the election campaigns. So, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to be having those certain songs banned, used. Who knows? It's Larry. You listen to the Cricast. <laughs> 
you be prepared to take up a gun and kill someone in order to achieve what you would regard as your freedom? Now I know I can. You would? Now I know I can. In the past I didn't. But when I saw my children mowed down in Soweto in 1976, then I realized that in order to defend that, I would do exactly So yeah, let's talk about that Vimbai video. Now, I'm going to talk about it and because it's, it's, it's one of the biggest topics this week again. When people say, oh, it's uncultural, it's terrible. I mean, and uh, had a, uh, a, a Twitter handle by the name of at uh, person underscore watcher coming out and saying, oh, no, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the objectification of women and the fact that she's being fondled and the man is not so dressed and whatnot and all that other stuff. And how, you know, it's, it's, it's base culture, it's against cultural norms and so forth. Look, I, in my opinion, well, it's, it's, it's an opinion somebody has. And if you want to sit there and you feel uncomfortable about the fact that another grown person is doing something or the other, then that's all very well and good. This is the, I mean, look, the, the, the obvious to just not watch it or to just mute conversations about it. That's, that's the power you have nowadays that you don't have to be part of any cultural zeitgeist. You don't need to be. Just walk away from it. And it's a skill that, that, that not many people, especially in the social media era, have. That the, the, the need to be part of the complete conversation and be having opinions and everything. I remember the other day, I was called by somebody and somebody said to me, ah, you know, we need to find out your opinion on, on you know, on uh, the, the Commonwealth Games. And I was like, what am I going to say about the Commonwealth Games? Zimbabwe is not part of the Commonwealth. If we do become part of the Commonwealth, then yeah, whatever. But I'm just saying, it's just essentially that. So I have no opinion in it. Well, if, if we start having a debate and we have to go to the Commonwealth Games, if you ask me about whether Zimbabwe should enter the Commonwealth, that's a completely different issue. But back to the matter in hand, me, I made reference to the fact that there's a song by Salt and Pepper in 1985 called Push It that was a band across uh, so many platforms, your MTVs, especially what you define as your white-owned media and stuff like that. Why? Because they said it was essentially sexy, you know, to, black women should be doing that. They should be classic, like, you know, I think it was, uh, what's the name, um, Whitney Houston's and so forth, fully dressed, uh, should not be talking about sex. And it got worse in this sound so called let's talk about sex as a, as a, as a response to that. And there was an outrage and everybody got mad and so forth. But fast forward 2016, I'm um, rather 2018, uh, that song is just essentially like paper. It's like play, play child, play thing. Uh, you look at D'Angelo on Untitled in the early 2000s when he was undressed or, or when, when uh, what's his name, um, uh, what's his name, Prince sang Sexy Motherfucker in a song. And everybody's like, you're not supposed to swear in a song um, because, you know, it's against culture. It's against, it's got to, it's got, everybody talks about the children. Oh, our children. What if your daughter's like, you know, if your 12 year old daughter is watching the Vimbai video, music video, or watching Untitled by 
by Vax, by what's his name, or listening. If your 12-year-old is listening to the latest album from the weekend, then you're the problem. Your child should not be listening to that content. And there are tools that exist that do result in you blocking certain content from your children, that sort of thing. So uh, on the basis of that, I, I say, you know, it's, I, I believe that the sexuality of a black woman has been taken by somebody else and an image of it has been created. And in this instance, if you look at the video, she uses the man as a tool and she creates a married people environment. So, so for me, there's a more, the, the need to be moralist, morally correct for me was kind of weird, but it is what it is. And I think if we start moralizing around how animalistic sex should or shouldn't be based on a music video, uh, an interpretation of inter intimate moments by somebody, it's, it's disturbing. But you know, if you're uncomfortable, you have a right to be uncomfortable, just as long as your opinion isn't supposed to be imposed on everybody else. Because as I said uh, to, uh, to, to, to people discussing with that, that's how we gave birth to fascism, that there must be one way of thinking, there must be one way of approaching an issue. And if anyone goes any different way, then they just don't get it, they should be banished, and uh, they should be called all sorts of, all sorts of names. It's Larry, you listen to The Critic Art. So many uh, those times, those were very difficult times. Perhaps one a person like myself would single out the banishment uh, to Brantford, the separation uh, with my children, and what the security branch did almost every time. My children were coming back from boarding school. By the way, I had to place them in boarding schools at a very early age because of the problem of spending a lot of time in prison. I was arrested. I was in and out of prison almost every month, if not every week. And the consequence of that was the children were always left alone. So I had to fund them out to boarding schools at an extremely tender age. They were ironically in a school uh, called um, Our Lady of Sorrows in Swaziland. Mm -hmm. I had to find them a place there. Um, when they were not at Our Lady of Sorrows, my white mother, uh, Helen Joseph, used her to take the children Whenever I got arrested and they were back from school and they found me in prison. So um, those, those were perhaps the cruelest moments which have left an indelible mark uh, in my heart that is still a very sore point to this day. I had no opportunity to see them growing up. I had no opportunity to help them with their homework and see to how they were performing in school like an ordinary family. It's Larry, you're listening to the Cricast and uh, it's the relationship segment. And as I said, I'm going to talk about five different ways of cheating and explaining them. And uh, the first one, I'm going to go straight into them, is being physically and intimate outside your relationship. Now, we're talking about physical infidelity. 
And it's pretty pretty self-explanatory if you ask me. So we're talking about touching, kissing, or any sexual behavior with someone who is not your exclusive partner. And that's the part, exclusive partner. A lot of people assume that there's no such thing as cheating in a non-monogamous relationship. But of course, that's not so. Some couples have restrictions on gender or restrict sex with the same with someone their partner knows or who doesn't or, or the, who don't know. So there's certain openness, for example. So talking explicitly about what's cool, what isn't, is properly important. So, you know, I, I know a couple, by the way, who like um, the wife is allowed to have a sexual partner as long as the sexual partner is of the same sex and the husband in, in, in concern actually knows about this these interactions and so forth. It is not one of those where they, they're trying to hook up a threesome. That's a completely different arrangement. But she's got to know who she is. And also at the same time, it must never be somebody who is male. So he doesn't mind. So when, when it becomes something else where the relationship is you know, with somebody's male, then he, he considers it cheating. Harboring feelings for someone else, this is the second one. Now, emotional infidelity is different from cross, it's a different form of crossing line, the line, rather. It, it, it can refer to liking, loving, or having romantic feelings uh, for a person who's not your exclusive partner. Again, it's exclu exclusive partners, partner. Uh, limits need to be discussed around what sexual behaviors are considered cool. We already say that. The same thing for your relationship in as far as emotional connections should be discussed with all sorts of people, the couples, there's an important conversation around transparency. So having a close relationship with someone your partner doesn't know, for example, who and who doesn't know your partner can be a no-no. And so you just need to, be, to make it clear that this is a person who's not, who, you know, who I have an emotionally intimate relationship with right and they are not romantically involved with me or whatever the case may be so that's you know have you know because what you want to have a situation is you don't want to have a situation where you're having heart to heart with someone else behind your partner's back and your partner doesn't know who the person is and that other person is getting access to an emotional segment in your uh, in you that your partner is going to access to, and that's cheating. Yes, uh, the other one is is a fantasy life. You know what I mean? Having a robust fantasy life, you fantasize about, you know, hooking up with Amara Brown or hooking up with uh, Jar Praiser, whatever your fantasy is. It's totally normal. Uh, when it's shared with your partner, that's that's fine. They know who your fantasy person. Healthy fantasies um, enter infidelity, inf what I call infidelity and infidelity territory, when they could lead to unsafe or dishonest behavior. For instance, if your if your fantasy is more of a temptation to see what it would be like to make out with someone else at a bar, and less of a spark for your, uh, you know, exclusive uh, sexual relationship, then that could be an issue. So sometimes the fantasy is like, I want to have a threesome, right? And your partner doesn't know about it. And then you decide to walk into a bar and decide to see if you can hook up. Another one is hiding your money habits. Now, cheating is heavily rooted in secrecy. That's the one thing we need to put out there. So if you fail to inform your partner about your financial matters or decisions that affect both parties, then that is cheating financially. 
right and finally having secret social media habits now infidelity either through social media or facilitated by social media is becoming very common so sometimes social media can have two forms first overtly sexual if you like an if you like an excess suggestive post or even checking on your old tinder profile for example those behaviors fall into a gray area of social media cheating the other forms of social media infidelity be, uh, can be thought of as cheating on your partner with your phone so looking at your phone and social media when you should be connecting with your partner for example is a way that you can damage your relationship bottom line because cheating can mean different things to different people it is important to openly discuss what your boundaries are and what you consider infidelity whether it's to do with social media money habits uh, fantasizing about somebody else harboring feeling for somebody else and playing just having sex with somebody else and with that, I say thank you for joining me in this week's episode of the Criticast. Uh, the name is Larry Quiridai. And uh, get in touch with me on Twitter at uh, uh, Quiridai, on emails Larry at 3-mob.com, or just look for me on any, any of your socials. Remember that uh, uh, the Criticast is pro- uh, produced by three men at a boat. At the end of the program, of course, uh, Bonnie is going to tell us how you can get yourself, uh, get, make sure you never miss an episode of the Criticast. Uh, catch me on ZFM Stereo every Monday and Wednesday between 7.30 and 8.30 on the platform and 8.30 to 9.00 p.m. on Tuesdays on Health Matters. On the first day of my interrogation, you are sitting alone on the chair. You are with these uh, interrogating officers. There were about 10 of them in my case. Uh, some behind, others in front, on the sides. Firstly, the first uh, week in prison, uh, you can't you can't swallow. It it becomes difficult to even swallow a glass of water. You just develop uh, this bitter bitterness in your mouth, and you lose your person. You you just become an object that belongs to them. So when they took me to the cell uh, for, for interrogation to the police headquarters, and they started interrogation. Uh, I was interrogated uh, for seven days and seven nights, non-stop, not what they subsequently did later on when they would take a detainee back to the cells and bring the detainee back. I was interrogated continuously for seven days and seven nights and um, the, what was relieving at, at the time, the body has a way of, of dealing with extreme pain. I, I welcomed the moments when I fainted. The body took care of itself. When I couldn't take it anymore, after being tortured, um, like all of them, like all other detainees, I was tortured too, and uh, I was urinating blood, and I couldn't even lift up my legs um, at the end of interrogation because you get so swollen from lack of sleep and um, non-sleeping for seven days and seven nights that. Um, I don't think there was anything that would be more, more cruel 
So whatever happened thereafter, you sort of get numbed. But uh, yeah, if you've been listening, I've been playing excerpts from Mama uh, Winnie Mandela, who passed away on the 2nd of April. Uh, she got buried. Oh, there was a memorial service, and she's going to get buried soon. But essentially, um, I've been playing a lot of her stuff this week, just learning again about the sacrifices this woman went through. And in reality, I want to leave with this uh, last excerpt about how she felt about her relationship with the media after uh, after apartheid and uh in essence i I don't think any of us can uh, any of us fully understand what she went through and i think a lot of people are beginning to understand how much she was she made a contribution towards changing south africa and inspiring a whole generation of of fighters for freedom and for justice for things that are right and while many people have conversation and say okay look she may have done this and may have done that Let's remember the tortures that you went through that I played in the second hour, just before that, the, the kind of dis, inhumane things that she suffered uh, in as far as uh, the struggle was concerned. The struggle wasn't a prayer meeting when everybody was hugging things out and, and you know, sitting and negotiating for hours. She was banished from her home, um, sent into exile. Her dignity and her identity they try uh, attempted to strip uh, of it. She talks about seven days of being tortured day after day. Some of the things that many of us could never think of. That's Mama Winnie Mandela went through that. And I think that's important for us to always remember. Rest in peace, Winnie Mandela. Mandela. It's been Larry. It's been the Criticast. Take care of yourself. I think South Africa, like other revolutionary movements, has a tendency of uh, consuming its heroes. Um, I haven't seen the accolades we have been seeing today about a simple, simple little girl who left the country for whatever reasons at the time, who is now welcome to Salis. I would have loved to see that happening for a Helen uh, Joseph, a Lillian Goy, uh, Florence Madomela, some of, uh, some of them are, are actually unknown by this generation. The Miriams or Dindas, the Florence Mposhos, women who gave up their lives for the struggle. I think today I am actually loved that much by the so-called uh, media and, and those sorts of people who have hang-ups about apartheid. I would throw in the towel. I quite enjoy the fact that uh, I, I will always pick their consciences. I will always remind them of the painful past they want us to forget. I will always be that person who nags their consciences when they pretend everything is just fine. You can listen to the QuiriCast for free on iTunes or IONO FM. And don't forget to subscribe to the QuiriCast with Larry Quirirai. It's not fearless, just real talk.